Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Level up, human. The comedy science podcast, souping up the Homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. (laughs) Rather than let revolution take its usual natural next step, we want to stick a rocket power stair lift to the stars. We're taking suggestions from our panel here, our audience and the natural world to work out what the next stage in our evolution should be. Uh, personally, I think an improvement for humans would be if we could all produce the materials we need for our own comfort and protection. Um, for example, I'm currently working on a duvet filled with all the fluff from belly buttons. <laughs> I'm joined tonight by three fleshy test tubes in the form of our guests. First of all, on my right, we have Helen Arney. Uh, Helen is a geek songstress, so she's kind of like the George Formby of science. You obviously like music, uh, so why do you play ukulele instead? <laughs> Yeah, my parents asked the same question. Uh, They're very proud of my career as a a very tiny guitar player. (laughs) It is a wonderful thing. You should check it out if you get a chance. And the festival spoken nerd who she works with. It is a a geeky, fantastic night out. Everything you wanted to know and more. We're also joined by Professor Tony Bjornsson, who's director of the Biomedical Science Research Institute at University... Director of the Northern Ireland Centre for Stratified Medicine and Dairy. Your, your current big thing is personalised medicine, so how does that work? Yeah, so uh, my main interest is personalised or stratified medicine, and uh, it's basically aimed at uh, identifying the best treatment when we go wrong or when we break down. It's a bit like uh, the engine management system, okay. uh, developing an engine management system for humans so that... Uh, the engine management system warning light comes on when something goes wrong. Uh, I, I know and what you we mean. don't overheat. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, got a, I've got a son at the moment, right, who's very, very young, and my friend said that the worst thing about babies is that they don't have enough LEDs. Mm-hmm. It's just one buzzer for everything. They get too hot, they scream, they get too cold. They, so, yes, how would you actually, how can you find a kind of a warning system for humans? Uh, well, there's, uh, there's genes, for example, that are turned on in response to temperature. So, uh, the equivalent of your LEDs, there's um, uh, green fluorescent proteins, there's uh, various reporter molecules that can turn on. Uh, so when we overheat, uh, they can t- flip a switch, uh, turn it on. If there's inflammatory markers, if we're getting infections, uh, apart from feeling somebody's forehead to see if they're hot, 
uh, the LEDs can come up on your eye. And, uh, I'd love, and love that. Yeah. I think one of the best things that you can do is give him lots and lots of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not, this is not a busking kind of gig. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not be a hat at the end of it collecting for research. Though if government funding continues the way it is, maybe. Yeah. Um, so these two people are going to be pitching ideas for what we should carry forward to evolution. Um, and judging them for tonight, their ideas and your ideas, we're also joined by Lorcan McCrane. Now, Lorcan, you've described yourself as a geek comedian. I was going to ask you what a geek comedian was, but instead, on my behalf and Helen's, I'm going to ask you what the hell you think you're doing on our patch. <laughs> <laughs> right, my only defence is I'm from a very rural part of Ireland. Uh, so I, I, my, we're I, all I, I, I from rural parts of Ireland, ah, let's be honest. So if you're not from uh, Belfast... So I called my show Rural Irish Geek, um, uh, and it's really the story of how I spent most of my uh, childhood alone in my teenage bedroom reading comics and watching bad science fiction and horror films, uh, as opposed to the, you know, the, the adult you see in here before you today who spends most of his time alone in his teenage bedroom reading comics <laughs> and watching bad science fiction and, and horror films. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here, because a lot of my comedy does can enter in these things, because uh, I do feel that by the time I have sex again, people's genitals will have evolved into something different. You know? <laughs> so it's kind of like, it'll be like kind of trying to put a scart lead into a HDMI socket. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't say that like there's no comparison in length with a scart lead. It's just a scart lead is, uh, is an obsolete format that falls out at inopportune moments. So uh, that's where I see my, where my future going. But uh, it's great to be here to see these great ideas. I have a, I have a similar thing that I, every time I go back to my ukulele, I do expect it to have evolved mm. into... A proper instrument, but it never does. No. It never does. You could get a ukulele. This may solve many of your problems. Yes, yeah, no, it could. It could Fills the time, well. guys. Yes, it does. Yes. Those lonely nights. So these people will be making suggestions for the next stage of our evolution, but we'll also be taking them from our wonderful audience here at the Black Box Theatre as part of Northern Ireland Science Festival. Give yourselves a round of applause. So before we get into the realms of the unreal, let's start with some news stories. Our panel has brought along some ideas to show you the kind of stuff that's actually happening in the actual world. Uh, technological breakthroughs in medicine mean that very soon we can give a child a pig's heart if they're suffering from a genetic defect. And even if they're not, it's a great way to liven up a Christmas morning. So, Ellen, what did you bring along with you? What caught your eye in the news recently? Uh, something that caught my eye was uh, the reason I... I'm interested in this story is because I really, really love food. I, oh, I love food. So many things about food are amazing. And there um, was... Mostly the eating, I should point yeah, out. Yeah, the but eating, but the experience, the sharing, the social aspects, the, the, not the washing up, but the everything else. And there was a story about um, hacking our sense of taste. Uh, and it was uh, researcher Tim McClintock at the University of Kentucky um, was trying to find why uh, our, kind of how our noses really work um, and how the, the 350-odd odour receptors in our noses actually detect smells because um, uh, most of what you eat, uh, you, what you experience is smell rather than taste. I mean, there's a bit of taste, there's a bit of the feeling of the food in your mouth, but it's mostly the smell, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so far, the only way that, they, that scientists and, and people who make food can really try and recreate smells that are lovely for lovely food is by trying to copy the compounds of something that smells nice. So you find something that smells nice, you try and copy the same chemicals, whereas there's now this interesting angle of trying to work out not 
how to copy the nice smells, but work out what your brain does when it smells a nice smell I'm just and just Im- hack into that. Well, I'm, I'm kind of imagining you snorting lardons <laughs> yeah. this entire thing. But it, but it doesn't matter, because if you snort a lardon, you can reprogram your brain to think it's chocolate. Would you give it a shot? Yeah, I think it definitely, especially like after three, four in the morning, I think it'd be very handy uh, if you're going home from somewhere, kebabs-wise and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you need the sustenance and the... The, 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 the smell will be all uh, uh, gone. Yeah, there, is, there is that time when nothing but a kebab will do, but if all you've got in your fridge is like some cold mashed potato, you just, you just plug something into your brain and you're like, it's a donna, it's a donna kebab. <laughs> Wolf it down, you're okay, having a great time. Again, you forget this is an Irish gig, and I do genuinely love potatoes as much as okay. the potatoes, yes. <laughs> I was a Okay, you've got a donna kebab, and what you want is mashed potato. You can reprogram that. What caught your eye, Lorcan? Uh, I was, uh, there was like a three-armed drummer. Uh, but I love the idea of, of attaching things and implanting things because I'm always trying to find out how, how implanted they actually are. Like what the difference between this and just gaffer taping a plank where the drumstick <laughs> is to you. So uh, in terms of cyborg theory, I'm always interested in what the actual... Uh, exchange of information is because people go, oh yeah, no. St-. I remember getting told once, oh yeah, when you're riding a bicycle, you're a cyborg, and you go, mm, you know the way you're not getting uh, it's not data from the bicycle, exactly, you're not getting it? data from the, the bicycle. So it's always quite interesting because the person who's doing it saying, you know, he was starting off to solve all the world's problems, and the main problem was drumming <laughs> being not fast enough or something <laughs> like that. So that was about my and then as a kind of add-on to that would be the same sort of skull cap with the electrodes, but you would be able to be beckoning a robotic hand on the other side of the room, uh, which is sort of quite useful as well. But it all just, on the one hand, obviously with people with disabilities and, and, and uh, you know, who haven't have had limbs amputated, this has got a great scientific benefit. Yeah. But on the other hand, your immediate thought is like pure laziness of going, well, there's someone to get the remote control. I can't <laughs> even walk the two steps of the television, but I've got a robotic hand that'll swing over and get the remote control, something like that. So it might kind of make us lazier, I don't know. I consider laziness progress, personally. Mm. Would that be, I agree, no? yeah. Oh, come on, you're all just sitting there in the audience doing nothing right now. <laughs> don't judge me, okay? What about you, Tony? What sto- news stories have grabbed your idea? I d- that wasn't even set. Can I try again? <laughs> as, I, as I told you, Simon, I'm winging it here. So uh, Helen's uh, pitch, uh, talking about all the factory uh, issues, Brought to mind faecal transplants. Uh, what is a faecal transplant? Yeah. So, so, so uh, faecal. I don't have one in my fridge. That's not, <laughs> that's not next to the mashed potato. So the yeah, faecal transplants uh, have been associated with just about everything, uh, either disease or recovery from disease recently. Uh, so um, when we get sick and get it treated with antibiotics, um, the antibiotics wipe out most of the, the good bacteria in our guts, and uh, that has been associated with C. diff, uh, okay. diarrhea in old people. We, so we need a, a faecal transplant. Are you mm. telling us that these yogurts are not quite as tasty as they <laughs> claim to be? Uh, no, no. Uh, the faecal transplants are actual faecal transplants. So uh, they're one of the recommended treatments now for old uh, geriatric uh, patients with uh, C. diff infection. And uh, some, uh, if you Google faecal transplants on YouTube, you'll see some mothers <laughs> showing how to do a faecal transplant on Talk us through it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you don't just squeeze a kid, do you? And there's a, there's a serious business out there where you can... Uh, in fact, it was 
it's really interesting because um, if you have two uh, litters of mice um, and uh, the fat mice will have a particular uh, faecal uh, microbiome, as it's called, and the thin mice will have a, an equally uh, distinct uh, microbiome. If you take the faecal material from a thin mice and put it into the obese mice, they can uh, be converted into thin mice. Uh, but if you put yeah, because it puts you off cage, eating. Surely <laughs> that's a good enough reason. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, yeah, um, that's and, what that's what caught my attention. And, and Tony, would there be would there be any opportunities or openings for like a donor, like like sperm donor, or would, be, <laughs> would you be able to donate? There's uh, fecal matter. Uh, um, queens, queens yeah. are specialising in it. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, they, what time do they close? Are they, are they still open? <laughs> you do get lots of. I know animals do this themselves because, like, again, it's one of those sort of things that when you think, oh, natural history programs, nature, beautiful, wonderful, mm -hmm. just look for that one where you get a baby elephant shoving its snout right up its mother's <laughs> rear end and looking for these, these microbes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, works. I mean, there's a big uh, vaginal birth versus cesarean section. The, the biome of the, the gut uh, microbes are different in children born by cesarean section ver versus vaginal delivery. Okay. okay. Well, that's put me off eating ever, ever again. Uh, I've only got one tip here, which is if you do Google um, faecal transplant or any similar words, do it on someone else's computer. <laughs> or incognito tab. Uh, that's, uh, as, as far as I know, someone... That, yeah. So uh, that's the kind of thing which is actually happening in the real world right now. What would we take forward, though? What, what would the future hold? Helen, what is your pitch? What would you like to see in Human 2.0? What I would like to see in Human 2.0, uh, I want every man, woman, and child to have the ability to grow a full, bushy beard. <laughs> genuinely is my desire. Can we ask why? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's because there's lots of it. There's lots of reasons why uh, this will be amazing. Uh, there's social reasons, there's also scientific reasons. Now, beards have gone in and out of fashion over time, and they have had medical reasons why beards have been in fashion. The, the big Victorian craze for beards, which is kind of influencing the, the kind of hipster retro craze for beards mm -hmm. come back now. Um, partly, it was a social thing when soldiers went to the Crimea, they had to grow beards because they couldn't shave and they were too cold, they would get frostbite on their faces. When they came back, they were heroes. So the bearded heroes of the mm. Crimea was a big kind of social thing uh, that, you know, if you couldn't be a hero unless you had a beard, that was the big thing. So that's something I want to make more equitable. I want mm. women to be able to have heroic beards as well, all right? I think it would make for a more equal society. Uh, but also, back then, and also this is true now, um, beards were considered to be a health product, uh, and you could get, if you were, uh, it was believed that germs didn't really exist and uh, diseases were carried by bad smells, so you would have a beard in order to be a kind of follicular gas mask mm. to block out the bad smells, which would stop you getting any diseases. So that was, that was pre-germ mm. uh, pre theory, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you're nodding at me. You're a scientist, mm. and you're nodding at me like this is completely reasonable. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the beard would be a good uh, reservoir for the microbes, and that would be another biome. So, um, this is really interesting, because it's mm. gone in and out of fashion over time. Mm. There's been times where people have said it's good to have that mm. reservoir of, of microbiome, mm. and some that have said that it's not an anti then I found the proof the other day, the most contemporary proof I have that beards for everyone is a good thing, is in the Journal of Hospital Health or something, something like that. And um, 
hospital workers with beards were less likely to have MRSA on their faces <laughs> than hospital workers without beards. There, there's something to do with cleaning here as well, isn't there, though? Because uh, if you effectively wash your face and you wash your beard, you can end up kind of flushing out the natural occurring microbes. You leave an empty niche for other ones to move into. So if you think of your bodies, we're basically walking ecosystems. Uh, I should point out there's a guy in the front row of a beard, and everybody's kind of been staring at him for a little <laughs> while now. Not making you feel very paranoid. He's actually surrounded by a group of women who are just edging closer to him, just trying to get some kind of uh, microbiome transfer, I think. Uh, but it's, it's funny. The, the, and they, People they, start stroking you for health. <laughs> you apologise in advance. But there was this really interesting... With the hospital workers, there were two theories. One was those that shaved were introducing tiny cuts which were getting sort of mini infections which were, were actually being a great breeding ground for MRSA. The other one was there was so much other nasty stuff in the beard it was killing off the MRSA <laughs> but who knows what else was in there. Yes like uh, it's known that shortly after you clean your teeth uh, the oral microbes uh, can enter the bloodstream and uh, P. acne, an organism that is associated with pimples and spots. Um, in our uh, stratified medicine centre, one of our research projects is looking at P. acne and prostate cancer. And uh, so um, brushing too much of your teeth uh, can enter or allow organisms to mm. invade. And that's so, so like shaving is yeah. true. Same. It's true. Yeah. So is, no is shaving anymore. And would, and would the beards come overnight or would they go in and out? So it'd be interesting like, to see more. if there's a correlation between beards and prostate cancer, or mm. does it reduce the risk of prostate cancer? Well, you shouldn't be shaving that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no. that, that would be... Uh, I mean, I do have the idea of beards for women, so clearly that's, that's not going to be something you can study uh, immediately in that, gr in that group. Well, but, level up human, mm. you know. <laughs> no, I would We're not giving women <laughs> prostates. It's not one of the things that's been requested so far. Is this the, is this the choice I have? If, if we no, get beards, beards if women get beards, we have to get prostates as well. Mm. But it's, no, it's, not, it's not just women having beards. It's because some men find it difficult to grow a beard, mm -hmm. including my husband, who keeps trying. Um, and there's, there's, it's intriguing. I, I was reading the other day in the Navy... If you want to grow a beard, you have to apply to your senior officer and you get like six weeks to try. <laughs> if you can't manage it, you're banned from having a beard ever <laughs> in the Navy. You're not allowed one. Um, so I want everyone to be able to have that privilege. So right there, that was her pitch number one from Helen. Filthy, filthy beards. Clean, lovely, <laughs> delicious beards. I thought it had to be filthy. I thought the filthy worked better. Yeah, but sometimes filthy is good. We've learned an awful lot about Helen today. Okay, Tony, what is your pitch? What would you like to see in the next stage of our evolution? Okay, uh, my pitch uh, came from reading uh, some uh, literature about molecular memory. The uh, fact that some people that get uh, transplants seem to take on the traits of the donor of the transplant, uh, like heart transplant. And you do make it sound like you're suggesting stealing people's hearts to have read War and Peace. Actually, you also must be... If you, did, if you got a heart because you needed a heart transplant and you discovered the person you got it from really liked junk food, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a kick in the teeth, isn't it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, you're just on your way to another heart attack from that. No, well, they're probably rushing across to a McDonald's and got struck by a car. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so no, is, I mean it's, it's absolutely. What is molecular memory? Uh, Fill us in. Uh, so so um, there's a process called methylation, uh, which uh, is like a sticking plaster, if you like. Uh, there's there's uh, on and off switches on our genes uh, called promoters, um, and you can think of methylation as sticking uh, sticking plaster over the on off switch. So um, methylation allows us to turn genes off and on and pass those on uh, actually transgenerationally or even um, when our cells uh, reproduce or duplicate, uh, the methylation patterns can change. So when people go off to war, for example, or here in Northern Ireland, um, the troubles are associated with post-traumatic stress and that's in part uh, determined by our methylation of uh, the methylation pattern of, of genes, which genes are turned off and turned on. So it's not just the genes that we're born with, it's uh, how our experiences can turn genes off and on, and those changes are epigenetic, and those epigenetic changes can be passed on to future generations um, other than by the ACG. That, that's a very good argument against actually promoting any form of conflict, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it means that you're perhaps having the next generation of fighters. Yeah. Like trauma does seem to get passed on yeah. along the lines. Yeah, I mean, there's a work showing that uh, rats, uh, if you have a rat litter and you take the muller away from the litter, um, those rats will be uh, grow up to be very aggressive. And it's shown that there's a change in the methylation genes that affect behaviour. And it's seen as nature's way of programming that next generation for rough times. Whereas if the mother's there licking the pups, um, it has a, it induces a different methylation pattern in those behavioural genes. So you heard it here first: mums lick your kids. <laughs> and uh, and, has a, and so if you get the hands of a serial killer transplanted onto your body, do you mm. become a serial killer? <laughs> Um, That's a very good episode of the X Files, though. Yeah, I was thinking back, uh, like Hans Vorlack. It's just quite funny when you're talking about the 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 the, yeah. the, uh, the sense of like the slight or uh, the sub molecular level, this kind of memory. Whereas that used to be the old like even 30s, 40s Hans Vorlack. Yeah. If you got a uh, serial killer's hands, you'd immediately go out and start killing. So there is some slight basis. Yeah, well, sort of. Everybody associates thought processes and memory with the mm. head, uh, mm. so um, it highlights the fact that. Um, 
our behaviour and our thought processes are in part determined by what goes on in the rest of our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, the gut, we talked about the microbiome earlier, right. um, those bugs in the gut can have a very big impact on depression, for example, um, based on the molecules that are produced in the gut and how foods are biotransformed, etc. And that can impact our thought processes and our behaviour. Do any of you worry about this at all? Because this means that like one of these days, somebody's gone and done a murder and they're going to say, ah, Fecal transplant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a step up from waterboarding, from the way you're suggesting. But do you, do you not feel that somebody's going to say one of these days, oh, my bacteria made me do it? Mm -hmm. Is that mm. going to happen? Yeah. yeah. But doesn't Particularly that the now? bearded women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tony's pitch there is transplants of memories. All right, these are good suggestions that have come from our panel, but you in the audience, come on, you can do better. Uh, Helen, what are the suggestions that have come through so far has grabbed your eye? Well, there's genuinely been some amazing suggestions, and they range from the very heartfelt uh, to the more um, uh, base, I think is the best word. Uh, so uh, why would you make the human better and why? Um, uh, H. Sharma, here in the audience, says they would love to make humans more spiritual and less materialistic. Mm. Yeah, And I think that's great. Oh, Next don't <laughs> applaud that happy stuff. Yeah, I think that's great. But directly after that, someone handed in, um, we want knees with free Wi-Fi. So <laughs> there's, there's everyone here today. Okay, what about, um, what about you, Lorca? Anything grab you? Uh, I've got... Uh, well, there's this one, it's, it's unnamed, and uh, it, it does, does uh, kind of reflect some of the things we've been talking about. A built-in USB socket, which, like a built-in USB socket that doesn't say where exactly this USB socket is. Um, That'd be was, good for the engine management yes, system. Yes, yeah, the engine management system, be able to plug yourself in. It, it's, it's very, so that, that's not named, but it's, it's a very good one. Because you're, you're, you end up like jamming your phone <laughs> in your pocket and stuff, and in odd places anyway, so it might as well get, be charged up at the same time, I presume. The USB socket, and then the, you'd have to be. It might encourage people to be healthier or something. I, you I might have, have to move around more to charge up the phone. I have an iPhone, so anything to charge a phone is an improvement, to be honest. Well, we, could, um, we could put these two together, yeah. and, and if the USB port was in the knee, then you could have yeah. the personal hotspot knee Wi Fi. Uh, we can make this happen. Excellent. And then people would be hovering close to you. <laughs> it's a good be. way to make friends. People would be yeah. hovering close to you, you, you say pretending like not, that they're not like, uh, stealing your Wi Fi. You say this like it's ridiculous. <laughs> there was somebody in California who I think this was one of the projects that he gave to try and raise, raise money for the homeless. Um, they gave lots of homeless people Wi Fi hubs. So oh. your local homeless person became a place where you could all go and log on. Very clever. Yeah, it was kind of an updated version of the big, big issue in some way you download it or something. Uh, uh, Savita had a suggestion there I thought was very interesting. Um, so my suggestion was optional camouflage skin. Optional camouflage? So and sometimes it's camouflage, but other times that'd be yeah. an inconvenient, so you could turn it off. Oh, so you want to go full cuttlefish on this, don't you? <laughs> Which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever utter, actually. <laughs> do, do you all know what a cuttlefish is? They change their colours, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming from, from what Savita's said, actually, more than, more than anything. Utterly badass at it. Like, they, uh, they can even choose which side of their body to have different coloration on. So if you watch cuttlefish and they're, you know, they're trying to get their cuttlefish groove on and trying to mate with a female, the male will simultaneously go all flirty on his left side that's facing the female and all aggressive on the other side. So I think this could be really quite cool, actually. What well, I, well, I liked about it was the optional thing, that there wasn't uh, a sort of institution enforcing 
camouflage, uh, like in a class, a more kind of class system, while, you know, the people that clean the streets, let's just camouflage them to be wall and street colour so we don't have to look at them. So I'd be wondering about the, 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 the sort of harsh applications of, of camouflage. Actually, I think I prefer the idea, personally, of camouflaging <laughs> other people so you yeah. don't have to see them full stop. And yourself, I quite like the idea you could camouflage yourself, get through town, go to Rin Planet and stuff like that, get all the best deals in the shops, <laughs> things like that, you know, well, the, It'd be the most extreme version of unfriending. Yes, if yeah, you could just yeah, camouflage yeah, people so they're actually, yeah, blocked. And you. then, because uh, I, I was thinking as well of having some sort of wireless, uh, like a heads-up display, but it would feed into your so social networking sites and it would be a sort of uh, an awkwardness uh, heads-up display and it would tell you if someone's approaching that you don't really want to talk to. But, you know, the way, so it kind of gets rid of that awkward... You see someone from distance and you kind of wave at them, you know, that sort of thing. So you know that they're, mm -hmm. you know, like an alien with the locator coming towards you, saying, like, you know, that person you friended, like, ten years ago and haven't really talked to since. There, there is an app for that. Is there? Oh, yeah. that's yeah. behind the times. Tell us more. Yeah, you can... Uh, there's an early warning system for people that you don't want to bump into. Uh, <sighs> so yeah, there's an app for it. Yeah. Where can I download it? No, that's, that's amazing. Like, actually, mm -hmm. uh, well, isn't it wonderful that social networking has moved on to such an extent to be anti-social? Mm, that's great. That is evolution yeah. in action, surely. Wow. So, it, uh, yeah, your phone rings has a particular ringtone if there's someone who's on your contact list. Can I do uh, the dark theater noises of, like, mother-in-laws, <laughs> in my case? No, oh, my mother-in-law's yeah. awesome, actually. I can't yeah. say that because she's listening. Right. Mm. What picture? What um, caught your eye, Tony? Okay. Anybody got a suggestion? Uh, I just thought I would stick to the sort of theme that I was talking about earlier. So uh, this one from Phil, 1984, PH. Uh, the ability to turn inside out for easier medical diagnosis. Mm. That's really good. That's very yeah. good. So uh, that would uh, save a lot in operations and so on. Um, and uh, we could have a spray on microbiome mm. instead of having to eat it. It would make those faecal yeah. transplants yeah. a lot more uh, yeah, exactly. out in the open, wouldn't yeah. it? And graffiti right. much, much yeah. worse, yeah. surely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one was the ability to turn into a amorphous blob at any time. <laughs> uh, Again, which, uh, some of us feel like we already along have the lines of the camouflage. Mm. Yeah. Why amor who wants it to be an amorphous blob, actually? It was Phil, 1984. Phil, that's a bit, like, it's just <laughs> so an interesting he, concept. Yeah. As a, like, I, I kind of feel that after enough doner kebabs, I'm going to be that anyway, actually. Like, that's kind of the future, isn't it? I'm, I'm in my 30s now, so I know everything's downhill. It's just inevitable progressive decline for each and every one of us. That's a happy note to end things on, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so that's the kind of suggestions we've got from our audience, and we've had ones from our panel here. But before we finish off, we're going to have a quick game. This is called Splice of Life, trying to take inspiration from nature. What would you steal from these creatures? First of all, we have an axolotl. Can you describe this to everybody at home, Helen? Oh, this uh, image looks like a um, block of concrete with legs <laughs> and gills. Uh, it's, it, uh, axolotls are absolutely beautiful, I think. Um, they're kind of amphibian, underwater, lizardy, salamandery-like thing. Um, but they do have some, they do have some wisdom. I know a lot about axolotls, so but I, I don't want to hog the floor on this. If you guys. Um, have got uh, axolotl superpowers. No, please, they look desperate. <laughs> well, the thing about axolotls is um, because they have this weird thing, they never really grow up. 
um, they never mature properly. Um, they're like um, Justin Bieber or every character that Zooey Deschanel has ever played in a film. <laughs> they, they have this weird thing that if they get damaged, they can repair themselves, but to a much bigger extent than any other kind of amphibian. Like, you know, lizards, if they lose a tail, they can grow it back again. But axolotls, if they, if they lose an arm, they can grow it back. Uh, if they get their spinal cord crushed, it will grow back. If they if they um, get their head bashed in, don't recommend this. But you know it will it will gr- it will grow back. And they're the most extraordinary creatures. And it is exactly what um, spot on, Helen. Yeah. And the genes molecular memory then. So Here that's we go. The memory the, there is something about the genes that they use are ones we actually have in our bodies as well, but they're switched off in our mm-hmm. adult form. Mm-hmm. So we still have them in the womb. Tony, how can we switch those back on? Mm-hmm. So 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 the, that trait is uh, is determined by stem cells, was uh, known as stem cells, so stem cells have to have the ability to uh, re- uh, gen- develop into any other uh, cell type, uh, and to do that, if you think about it, there must be a molecular memory, and that molecular memory is probably determined in part at least by the methylation, the sticking plaster over the on-off switch that we talked about earlier, yeah. um, and so just thinking about that then, so if you kept pulling parts off that, how long would it take um, to replace the entire uh, change, If you change the head and the body of an axe, mm-hmm. a lottel, is it still the same axe? Yeah, the tail, just trying to misquote Lincoln here. Like, it's not. Yeah. So, um, I genuinely thought when you looked at me with an answer, I genuinely thought you were going to say faecal transplant, but you didn't. So that really took Actually, the, really up my day. There's a secondary question here. If we could transplant this ability to something like chickens, could KFC run forever on just one oh, chicken? Oh, oh, oh come on, sustainability, guys. Would you not do that? Why is that any worse than the things we do to chickens already? Come on. <laughs> They don't get a great time of it. They get a blimmin' onion instead of a faecal transplant. How do you think they like it? <laughs> it's, I suppose it's, uh, yeah, like millions of chickens, fine, kill them all. But like, I mean, we'd, we'd start, I suppose, emotionally attaching ourselves to that one chicken that's given yeah. all the kids to everyone. Like, yeah, so we can Jeff get the that. chicken, how's Jeff doing today? Is Jeff getting enough it's, to be able to regrow lo- those I, do, wings? Do you know like, how long it takes the growing process? It's about these, three weeks for three about weeks one of their limbs. For one of their limbs. It's quite... That's enough, I'd wait for that chicken. All right. And finally, we have this one. Uh, This, can you describe it, please, to the people at home, Lorca? Um, Can I see about half of This is Uh, the shocking pink dragon millipede, which is the best name ever. (laughs) It looked like a very very stereotypical uh, mustache of of a a villain of some sort. I've actually seen not this one, but something very similar in the wild. So I know its special ability. It, it produces massive amounts of cyanide. And uh, the best thing is, because I've, uh, I've got these millipedes and I started stroking them. Because when you stroke them, they smell like Bakewell tarts. Because um, cyanide, oh. it turns out, smells delicious. Like that's a, that was a good trait to evolve humanity, to start thinking that millipedes taste gorgeous and then kill you. <laughs> And you know, I, was, I was looking up for, uh, animal traits because I wanted animals with big eyes so I could see better in the cinema if it was to get... Or look know, like a manga like, character. Yeah, possibly, yeah, look like a manga. And I didn't know the sl- slender Loris has, like, venomous elbows, apparently. I don't yeah. know when it does, yeah. It does, it's really great for the cinema, I was thinking as well. Oh, or like a... Before. 
if people had that in the post office queue, yes, you know sir. that the elbows are going to kill you. They, they've got a, it's really sad, actually, because they've got a tooth comb, so they have to lick their elbows, and then they transmit the poison slash venom by this thing. But it means because they look so cute, they're now in the pet trade, and they really shouldn't be because they're <laughs> deadly. Um, so people are taking their teeth out. So never, oh. ever buy a slow loris. Because yeah, that again. would be an interesting com- to combine with the Wi-Fi knees. You could have the poison elbows. Yeah. So anyone who did get too close to try and steal your Wi-Fi, you'd be like pew 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> all millipedes giving out their venom, and also they go. Pew. I'd love it if that was true. It flashes up on the screen in old Batman styling. That would be awesome. All right, so that's the suggestions we've had from our panel, from our audience here. Let's go through them, Lorcan, because you are in the position of judge today. Only one of these ideas can go forward. So we have Helen's suggestion as beards for all. We have Tony, who wants to shove... uh, Well, no, actually, it wasn't a fecal transplant in this case. Tony's suggestion of transplanting memories. Then we had Wi-Fi knees, a built-in USB socket, optional cuttlefish styly camouflage, or the ability to turn yourself inside out. Mm. And then the various things from nature. Take your pick. It's a, that's very tough. The inside out one. The, the person who was it, Philip, 1984. Uh, it sounds like a clone name, Philip 1984. But he <laughs> did he say exactly how you get turned inside out? Like, I mean, would it be top down? With enough Lamborghini, people kind of try it themselves. Inside, just like more like chest inside. So that way, I do. Uh, there'd be a lot of care in the inside out. I mean, like once your organs are on the outside, mm-hmm. in a a medical environment, you'd have to have a lot of maybe you'd have to put them in like a boy just bubble like size thing. You'll like. be fine. Yeah. So I don't know the USB thing. I love, uh, but I have to, uh, it's very hard to choose. Like, well, yeah, that's your job. That's though. the job. Um, <laughs> the beard thing, because everyone loves beards now. Um, I've, well, no, they I, don't. That's the point. Oh, do that? No, no. But yeah. I just, I'm, mostly, I'm mostly going by dating sites and Tinder here going, I mean, like, it's, it's, it must uh, have beard and tattoos. It's maximum 50% of the population ah. who have the beard. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely not everyone. Surely yeah. it's a question of liberty. Yeah. Do you want to let women have the beards? Yes. Yeah, I, think, I think so. Mm. I think they should be. Like, I mean, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, confined to the, the 1950s. Um, freak show type thing it okay. would make it more normal for everyone to have uh, uh, bearded ladies it would become more socially acceptable and I think it would help society in general wonderful <laughs> so that is our suggestions for today ladies and gentlemen we're going to take that off and pee that directly into the gene pool before we go off I'd love to you to give all our guests and the audience here at the Black Box as part of Northern Ireland Science Festival a massive round of applause thank you very much That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyoumen.com. Hello, me again. We have some awesome live events coming up. Please come along. We'll be at the Cambridge Science Festival on Thursday the 16th of March at the Wellcome Genome Campus with Samantha Baines and top-notch geneticists. On Wednesday the 22nd of March we're having a comedy night, Stand Up Human, with some of our lovely guests at the Book Club in East London. We'll be at the Science Museum London Lates for a Royal Society special on the 29th of March with the Chase's Paul Sinna and Royal Society Fellows. Go to our website, Facebook and Twitter for tickets and information. You can support our podcast at patreon.com forward slash level up human. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.